Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back, score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch, or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding and check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joe Pizzofia, and this is the Rotowire DFS podcast sponsored by FanDuel, the playoff edition. That's right. We've got you here. I know it's January, but there's still DFS football to be played, and we are here to cipher through it. It's a new year. It's a new season, basically, because the playoffs are completely new. You start fresh. So if you had some ups and downs in the regular season, it's time to get on the horse yet again. And go out there and win some cash. And there's nobody I'd rather do this podcast with. He's the best. He's the one, the only John McKechnie. Johnny boy, happy new year, my friend. How the hell are you? Happy new year to you as well. I'm, I'm doing great. Uh, did you survive the polar bomb cyclone crypto blizzard thing in, up uh, in New York? Ask me over the weekend because this is day two of all of my children being home on Thursday and Friday. So uh, I'll let you know on Sunday. <laughs> but yeah, by the end of the games on Sunday, you're just going to be a different person. <laughs> That's right. If you see me on, <laughs> on Twitter on Sunday, you know, going completely AWOL, you'll know why. No, it's, it's good. Today we, uh, we actually had to map out a bit of a schedule just so everybody knows, okay, this hour you guys can do this. This hour daddy's going to work, that whole kind of thing. But there you go. But all, all is well. You know, it's, it's, I'll tell you what, it is cold. I'm not going to lie. And look, you know, it, it gives you more time to sit at home and make lineups. See that? See what Precisely. I did? All right, so look, you've got your super flex back as well as your regular normal slate on FanDuel that's got all the defense and all the kickers and all that good action for you. So um, let's start off with the quarterbacks and let's start with the super flex and the quarterbacks. Now, for me, my theory this week is I want to pay up at running back, which means I'm going to have to go down a little bit at, at quarterback. And I don't have a problem with that because I don't think Goff and Newton are worth $9,000 salaries. I just don't. Drew Brees has proven all year that he's been underwhelming. And that's going to drop me down to the Alex Smith, Blake Bortles, Matt Ryan group. And I think a lot of this depends on how you see the outcome of these games. And a lot of that's what we're going to break down for you today, too. For me, I'm going to take the two home guys. I'm going to take Bortles and Alex Smith in my super flex. Uh, I know Tennessee's defense has played okay, but I think that they can do enough here. 
uh, to return value. And I think people are going to be off Bortles. But if you look at what's been going on with Buffalo recently, I think the trend is showing they can be thrown on. And I think they're going to be thrown on. And I think Blake Bortles at home will get back on track a little bit. How are you about you? Who are your two quarterbacks? How are you going to approach that in the Superflex this week? Yeah, in the, the Superflex context, uh, I think that you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there with uh, Alex Smith, you know, the – I think leaning towards the home side for these quarterbacks uh, definitely makes sense. Uh, when you look at Alex Smith going against the Tennessee uh, secondary, that's like 24th against the pass in DVOA. Uh, so that obviously plays into the Chiefs' hands a little bit. And then uh, with Bortles, uh, I know that a recurring theme all season for us has been like the, the home road Roethlisberger. Uh, Bortles is a bit is like Roethlisberger light in that regard where he's, he's actually pretty solid at home, but on the road is where you want to avoid him at all costs. Uh, so obviously with Jacksonville – uh, being at home, uh, the fans are going to be eating teal hamburgers. I don't know if you've seen oh, that yet. So but gross, that, it's, it's, horrifying. So, it's, like, it, it's, it's like the horrifying. bad. It's like the bad uh, hamburger in, in an episode of SpongeBob or something. Like, there's I, had to be a different food product that they could have dyed or made. Like, how about teal cotton candy or something? They just they just know. give it out for free. It's sugar. Just get everybody hyped up on sugar. And I, I don't I don't understand it at all, man. It's, it's it, yeah, that was just uh, a bleak look into the future there. So, uh, so I do like Bortles a fair bit. I think you you got you kind of got him uh, both right there. Um, I think I'm just trying to trying to decipher if if you want to like go with one of the upper priced guys because they they are going to be less owned. I think you bring up the good point. Uh, everyone's feeling about Breeze, where uh, the Saints don't really need him to be chucking it, you know, for 500 yards in order to win. Uh, they're, they're given matchups, and it's a tough matchup going against Carolina anyway. Uh, and Newton also uh, pretty expensive at 9,200. So if you were to go with one of these higher-priced, lower-owned guys, wh- which way are you going? Uh, you know, if I'm just picking one, and, and that's just how I think we'll, we'll shovel back and forth here. We'll, we'll do position at a time, and then we'll break it down for context. Um, for me, you know, if I just look at the regular one, I'm going to take Blake Bortles at 76. Uh, again, I just think that they're going to be able to put up points on Buffalo. I think they're at home. I think that's the, my favorite of the group. If Matt Ryan had a good game, it would not shock me at all. But there's a little volatility there too. And I agree with you. I mean, anybody who thinks that all of a sudden now, just because it's the playoffs, that Drew Brees is going to turn it on and be you know wildly successful in terms of points, what the hell have you been watching all year? Like, it's right. just I don't, I don't buy that for a second. So for me, that's the way I would go. I, I think Bortles is my favorite of the quarterbacks in terms of return on investment. I want him in the super flex. I'm okay with him in cash games and I'm certainly okay with him in tournaments. I know the argument will be maybe Cam Newton in a tournament because of the rushing, but I don't know, man. I just Cam Newton's inconsistencies at times are maddening. And I think this New Orleans defense is going to be ready. If this was at home, I might give him a better shot, but on the road, I just don't care for it personally. How about you? Would would you pay up in a cash game for Newton or golf or one of those guys? Yeah, it, w- it would be Newton of, of any of the upper priced guys uh, for me. And, and for the reasons that you said that the rushing output uh, has definitely been there for Newton this, this year. And uh, I don't know, he's been playing well. It looks like, uh, you know, things have just gotten better for that passing attack uh, ever since Greg Olson has been back in the fold. And obviously McCaffrey, uh, you know, kind of helps uh, the intermediate and short uh, passing game there. Funches taking that leap forward uh, this season. I think it all plays up to to Newton kind of being that that guy that I like of these upper priced guys. I I wouldn't trust Goff being the highest priced quarterback on the board. That just seems like a, a trap to me. All right, let's switch gears and go over to the running back position here. And um, you you know this is another one where you know if you're going to save a quarterback, what do you save him for? Well, you're saving for running backs. Uh, in the super flex scenario, 
I would be very hard pressed to find a lineup where I'm not playing Derrick Henry as the other super flex against Kansas City. I just think it's a really good matchup for him without Murray. We've seen the ability of Henry to get in the end zone. We've seen the ability for big plays. I think he's going to be highly owned. I don't care. <laughs> so uh, I just think that's fine. In terms of trying to differentiate, uh, I think you'd be crazy to use LaShawn McCoy because I know he's questionable. He might try to soldier through it. If you're a multi-entry kind of guy or gal and you want to have a LaShawn McCoy lineup just to be different, okay, one. But I'm going to give you this just one. And after that, I don't want you doing it because I think it's going to be a bad scene for you. Then you've got the Kamara and Ingram situation, playing one or the other or both, and then Todd Gurley all the way up. I'll give you my take on it, too, at least from the Superflex. If I'm going down to Henry, I'm paying up for the all-purposeness of Gurley and Kamara. I can understand if you want to fade Kamara for Kareem Hunt because of price. I get that. If you want to do a Cam Newton lineup in cash and switch that around and, and find some savings that way, I get that. For me, though, Kamara and Gurley have been the guys who have carried these offenses I think they're going to continue to carry the offenses. And if you want the differential, the differential would then be um, adding in Ingram Kamara together and trying that on for size or losing Kamara altogether and going with Ingram on the off chance that Ingram, let's say, ciphers a bunch of touchdowns. Let's say they get down, you know, Kamara gets tackled at the one and they hand, turn around and hand it to Ingram and he ends up with two touchdowns on the day despite Kamara having a, a really uh, good all-purpose day. He gets, you know, vultured on touchdowns that I can understand. How do you break this down in terms of running backs when you're looking at this group, both in the super flex and then also in regular play tournament and uh, cash game? Yes. I mean, uh, starting it off, uh, Derek Henry, definitely an awesome call. Um, I think, you know, last week he, he saw a really nice volume, but he wasn't able to really turn it into anything, which I thought was really surprising. I don't really see a repeat of that this week going against a Kansas City team that uh, in DVOA is, is dead last against the run, actually. So um, a, a 6'3", 240 angry dude playing his first playoff game on the road. Um, I think this all sets up really well for Derrick Henry. Um, I think you kind of you framed it right with, with the upper upper priced guys. Um, I, I do like Kareem Hunt a little bit, too. I think he's going to be low lower owned than some of these other guys. Um, and then if I I had to pick between uh, Kamara and, and Ingram. I do feel like Kamara has a skill set that, that is more uh, useful against Carolina. I think Carolina is a little bit more stout um, against the run or, or against a guy like Ingram. So I would, I would lean Kamara there. I know that he's going to be more highly owned, but I still think that's the right play overall. And then I guess, I guess you know, another guy that, that we kind of glossed over here um, would be Devontae Freeman because the Rams are yeah, kind of average, my next segment. average yep. against the run. Um, so I think, you know, at, at 7K on the Superflex, um, I think that he's he's a really nice play. I think he, <clears throat> some people might be overlooking him, and I think that he could be a guy that, that ends up be really helping you uh, end up cashing. If you're looking to differentiate, to really differentiate, and, and those of you who are tempted by LaShawn McCoy, and, you know, I know he's questionable. I know he's going to try to do everything he can to play and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean – I, I, I don't know. I, I just I find that hard to believe. However, for nine hundred dollars less, Devonta Freeman's the that's the strange that I would take. Now you've got to be confident then that Atlanta's going to win this football game, and they're going to go on the road and beat the Rams. And um, I don't think that's an impossibility at all. But we all know the Falcons can be inconsistent. So the hard part is, yeah, on paper it does match up. On paper, I think it's the sneaky good play. It's whether or not they can put it into practice. And we've all seen Matt Ryan and Atlanta have trouble at times putting it into practice. And, and we'll see if they could do that. That's the kind of differential, though, that I support 100%. I'm with you. Freeman's the guy. If I'm going to fade the top group of Gurley and Kamara, 
that's the kind of strange that I think in tournaments that I would fade to. I don't think I would do it in cash games because I'm not confident enough that they'll show up. But to me, you know, it's it's the Derrick Henrys, it's the Devontae Freeman. Those are the tournament guys. And those are the, be the ones that are very successful. Outside of that, I, I can't buy into Tevin Coleman or Jonathan Stewart. I think that's just weird for the sake of weird. I don't think I would do it. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going after either of those guys. I mean, with Stewart, it would have to be just game script where, where you know, they get inside uh, the, like the two-yard line and then he just kind of like flops into the, into the end zone like a walrus or something. That's pre- <laughs> it's pretty much where that goes. And then, you know, with, with McCoy, I think you, you got it right where uh, it's just absolutely not worth the risk. I mean, it's a, it's a mush- uh, Shady McCoy that can't cut, and that just makes him just a, a non-existent running back. So um, I, I guess I just would want to say, like, don't go too crazy and go like, okay, he's going to be limited, so I'm going to go to Mike Tolbert. I think that that's just uh, too insane of a, of a move this weekend. Yeah, I agree. And even if it like it worked, you know, like you know that one lineup a couple weeks ago that had uh, Jadon Mickens in it, it's <laughs> you know like good for you, but that's not that's not how you're going to consistently win in daily fantasy. So don't go right. chasing that kind of stuff. All right, let's go to the wide receivers Julio Jones and Michael Thomas top of the board Tyreek Hill uh in there as well in that conversation and then Robert Woods kind of rounds out that top pricing group but I'm gonna say this of the guys the consistency factor is clearly Michael Thomas I understand though that he's not the guy that's been winning you weeks necessarily you know you look at the game log for Michael Thomas and there's not a whole lot of 20 pluses in fact he's only had one 20-point game on FanDuel scoring, and that came on the road at Atlanta, and it took 10 receptions for him to do it. He's a good cash game play. He's not a good tournament play. Um, I also don't think it's necessary to go up to the top of the board, and I think Julio brings a certain amount of risk too. If you watched him again, he is, you know, the lower leg injuries are killing him. He is, you know, he's making the plays, and then when he's trying to walk back to the huddle, he is struggling. Mm -hmm. You could see him struggling, and for me, that – that is such a, a, a bad investment because if I invest in that and he can't finish that game for some reason, that just crushes any lineups that I have in him because you can't afford to be wrong here. There's not enough games on the roster to afford some wrong. You basically have to knock everything out of the park. So for me, I'm staying away from this top group. Are you doing the same or is there somebody in the top group with Hill, Woods, Thomas, Jones that you're making a case for, you know, is Michael Thomas cash game a good play in your mind in any format you play? Yeah, I think you you bring up a really good point with Thomas where, you know, he only has one really like explosive game uh, this season. And if you remember, uh, that was the game that Kamara got knocked out on the first drive so that like New Orleans kind of had to adjust on the fly there um, as far as where they were going with their passing attack. And then uh, that's why Thomas ended up seeing those 14 targets. So uh, I see that getting scaled back uh, to, you know, eight or nine targets this week. Again, cash viable, um, but you're not, nothing you're like over the moon about. And then Julio Jones, I, yeah, I'm fading him as well. Uh, the Rams are also just really tough against the pass and they're going to be at home. So uh, I'm off of Jones. I really, really like Tyreek Hill. And, you know, like I said earlier in the show, uh, the Titans very vulnerable against the pass. They don't have a single corner. I mean, not that anyone really has a corner that can check Tyreek, but uh, they really don't. So uh, Hill is going to is due for a big play this week. I really do feel that way. So uh, as, as far as my most expensive receiver that I'm going to be picking this week, it's going to be Hill. 
Okay, yeah. I, I can certainly get behind that because that's explosive. And in the tournament, I actually think the 77 is okay. Like it's it, because yeah. the quarterback, because there's no elite quarterbacks really, because we're not dealing with the Brady's or, you know, I mean, Drew Brees is an elite Hall of Fame quarterback, but let's be honest. I mean, we're not dealing with the Roethlisberger, Brady, big time passing attacks right now that you have to worry about. Mm-hmm. So I think you can get away with that and sneak by. Um, now let's go down a little bit here because. I do think Mohamed Sanu on the other side of that Atlanta game, I do want some shares of. And my reasoning is this. Number one, I think Julio gets a lot of attention. Number two, I think that if you watched even last week, you saw the 11 targets that Sanu got. I think because of the favoring of the lower leg injuries, Sanu is very, very viable in this game. And should Jones have to miss some snaps, that's more volume for Sanu. So I actually think he's a sneaky good play this week. Does he have huge upside? No. But I think he can return value at 5,800. What are your thoughts on Sanu? Yeah, I do. I do like Sanu. I mean, I was always, you know, sold on his talent. I always thought that was a great uh, pickup for Atlanta. And like you said, uh, with the way that Jones has been struggling a little bit with, to stay, you know, fully healthy and be uh, the Julio Jones that we all know, um, I think that does, that does set up uh, pretty well for Sanu uh, this week as, as a nice, like, cheaper uh, pivot. I think you could probably say uh, a similar thing for Ginn. I, I don't like his floor as much as I do like Sanu's. I think Sanu um, is, is a guy that, that is going to see the target volume and make the receptions there. Um, but Ginn, uh, if you want to go like a full home run hitter type of receiving core, um, then I wouldn't mind putting him uh, as my second receiver behind Tyreek Hill. All right, how do you break down the Rams wide receivers? You know, I would say upside-wise, you're talking Woods is the best upside guy. I think, you know, Cooper Cup may be the safest floor. Um, you know, and then there's Watkins in there too. How do you break down these guys? Do you stay away from them altogether because you just don't know? Or do you go with Woods and say, okay, maybe Woods does have the big game and, and maybe, you know, Todd Gurley's ability to, you know, garner so much attention in the offense might free up a guy like Woods or even a Watkins where – you, they could have, you know, a multiple touchdown game. It is possible. Yeah, th- this is this has been one of the toughest receiving cores to parse out um, just the entire season. Even when uh, Woods was out for a little bit, it was still kind of tough to to get it completely sorted out. And you know, we we kind of thought that Cooper Cup was going to explode, and it, like he was fine, but he wasn't uh, great by any means. So yeah, this is a really tough group to figure out. Um, I think FanDuel kind of has it priced right for the most part. I'd probably um, say that that I would like Cup over Watkins uh, this week. But Watkins does have uh, – I've noticed uh, with the Rams, they do have this one play for him where they just run him on like a very, very shallow slant at the goal line. So if they get into that uh, scenario, I've seen him make a couple touchdowns uh, this season on that exact same play. So maybe if they run that, uh, that it's just a matter of you guys knowing that they do have a red zone plan for Watkins, or Watkins occasionally. So there is that in play. Um, but overall – Probably not using these guys, but if I had to use one, it's Woods. All right, if you think that's ugly, let's talk about the Jacksonville wide receivers. Now, I, I like these guys a lot, actually. I know that sounds crazy, but you got Cole at 5,800. You got D.D. Westbrook at 6,100. And look, guess who's around? Alan Hearns at 54. Yay! We can all talk about <laughs> Alan Hearns. Uh, but you know what? Hearns is the guy I want to chat about because he got his feet wet, and that's all I wanted him to do. I wanted him to get some action before the playoffs. He got some action before the playoffs. Three catches, five targets for 38 yards. I could see Alan Hearns giving Buffalo trouble. And I'll tell you what, if I'm going to pay for one, give me the cheapest one. That way, God forbid, it doesn't quite reach expectations. You know, I almost feel like I can't lose. If Hearns has kind of like a, a ho-hum, you know, nine-point day or whatever, at least I'm, I'm not dead. 
in cash games <laughs> potentially. But if he has a huge return, I'm working at such a high, you know, a high threshold now where I'm basically playing with house money where everything else everyone does is, is gravy. And if I own him in tournaments, then all of a sudden I think he is a huge win. I like Hearns the most because he's the cheapest and he has the most explosiveness of that duo, uh, trio, excuse me, in my mind. I was annoyed at D.D. Westbrook's dropping the ball last week. How do you sort out these guys right now in Jacksonville against Buffalo? Boy, it, it's really tough. And uh, I think you, you kind of bring up the good point that essentially if you look at the rest of the receiver board, Hearns kind of checks in at minimum price. Like I don't think there's really anyone else uh, on this uh, receiver slate that you'd really feel comfortable um, going with. So you're essentially getting the min price receiver there. Um, so that, that obviously you know helps free up some money. Uh, for you. Um, But with Marquise Lee coming back, uh, potentially, there's just going to be a lot of mouths to feed and none of them are all that uh, appealing to me. So I'm probably going to be fading these Jacksonville guys. But I do see your point where like if you need if you're like pinched up against the cap, and you have that one receiver spot left, um, Hearns Hearns is definitely you could do a lot worse than him. All right, let's go over to the tight ends. Now it's Travis Kelsey at 77. Now if you're not willing to pay up for him, we have old reliable for at least one more week, Delaney Walker at 5,800. Now, I understand Olsen's in the middle. Olsen is exactly, you know, what you've seen and what you get. Now, I, I get the people who say, well, Delaney Walker, last couple of games weren't good. But hey, how about like the month and change leading up to that? How about the six weeks prior where basically he was, you know, two times value almost every single week? Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of this grouping, I mean – the Clays and Hoopers and Higbees, I mean, you want to throw a dart at one of them, good for you. Uh, that's fine. I don't see the need to do that. I'd rather just take the Delaney Walker and say, okay, maybe he has a little bit more of a floor than the other guys below him. But I can't see paying up 2000 more for Kelsey in this game. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is a Travis Kelsey day. Uh, what are your thoughts on here? Um, I, I think you, you bring up some awesome points with, with Walker. And also, I mean, you, you got to think about it. This is Marcus Mariota's first playoff game. Um, so he's probably going to be liable to, to, you know, play it safe a lot. And I think Walker kind of provides that for him uh, down the field. So uh, Walker's going to see plenty of targets. And, you know, he's going against a Kansas City uh, secondary that, you know, pretty much since week one uh, doesn't have Eric Berry. So they're, they're not as effective right. against the tight end as, as they could be. Um, so that, that certainly plays a factor. Uh, New Orleans has been tough against uh, opposing tight ends for most of the season. Um, so I think that that's, um, that kind of fades me off of Greg Olson. Um, I think Charles Clay would probably be my, my non-Kelsey um, and non-Walker play because you know, if if the Jags do have one kind of hole in their secondary, um, it, it's uh, against tight ends. And Clay, you know, over the last three weeks is averaging nine targets a game. So, I mean, the, there is something to be said for that. So, if he's getting fed uh, that much, then I, I think that he's uh, worth some consideration if you need to go really, really cheap at tight end. Yeah, I, I can certainly get behind that as well. All right, let's uh, switch over to the defense here. Um, you got Jacksonville top of the board, 56, Kansas City, 48, Rams, New Orleans Saints, Titans, Falcons, Panthers. Okay, so, you know, and obviously the Bills at the bottom. I don't think you want the Bills defense. The Carolina defense, I don't, as good as they are, it's kind of a hard sell for me on the road fantasy terms of getting a lot of turnovers out of that offense. I don't see a lot of turnovers there necessarily. So I think what you're looking for is you're looking for who's going to give you turnovers. I think Carolina offensively can give you turnovers. And that's why I kind of like the Saints in the middle at 46. They're at home. They're a defense that's played pretty well. Uh, they're coming off back-to-back double-digit games in fantasy. Uh, to me, that's my favorite 
return on investment. Paying up for Jacksonville, I understand there's going to be a fair amount of turnovers potentially there with Buffalo too, but I mean, if you if you see them having more than a 12-point day, I, I think that's exactly what New Orleans can give you, and it's a $1,000 difference, so that's why I'm not willing to pay up to the board for it. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a huge way of putting it. Like, uh, yeah, you, you really could be getting the same value for or the same point total uh, for, for a thousand less. And that, that springs you free to, to spend so much elsewhere. Um, so really kind of dep- like I'm just going to make my lineup and then sort of uh, see what I have left over. I'm not going to fret about it if I don't have enough money to go up and get Jacksonville because, frankly, I think the Chiefs, even though there, there is some serious weaknesses on that defense, I think at home at Arrowhead against a first-time playoff starter, um, this is this is setting up pretty poorly for Tennessee. So I think even if there aren't the the turnovers uh, there, um, I think Kansas City uh, still holds them to a really uh, still holds the Titans to a really low point point total. And Mariota honestly has been a little bit more interception prone than I think anyone could have expected for this mm-hmm. season. So maybe maybe that does uh, come back into play. I'm not I'm not saying that this is the four interception game like you had against the Steelers in prime time, but one or two is is definitely in play. Oh yeah, you know my my thing with the Chiefs defense is I just worry about them even without with those turnovers being able to limit the points. You know, okay. I mean, they're they're an offense uh, defense rather that seems to be able to you know give up points unexpectedly <laughs> at times where you know they're playing in these games where you turn around and you look you're like why are they giving up that many points to that offense it just seems weird and that's the only thing I just worry about the the total points given up kind of etching out some of the good work done by the turnovers you yeah. know let's let's talk about these games a little bit too because that game script of it is going to matter a fair amount you've got some guys making you know first time playoff. Uh, you know, appearances here. You got, you know, uh, yeah, most over in the Rams, a lot of them, really. You know, you got Goff in there for the first time. You got, um, as you mentioned, Mariota for the first time. Uh, you got some of the veteran guys in there, too, the Alex Smiths and, and Matt Ryans who have been there and done that. Do you think any of the first-timers fail? Like, do you think there's a failure here? Is it is it a Jared Goff on the big stage after a really good season fail? Is that potential there? Or are you you confident what you've seen and with McVay and at home that they can, you know – not worry about that experience chipping in and being a negative. Yeah, I think I think golf is going to be fine. I'm not I'm not foreseeing a monster game. I, I could see the Rams being a little bit because this is the first time the Rams have made the playoffs. Uh, you know, forever. I know the Bills get all the the hype for for breaking their playoff drop, but it's been a long time coming for the Rams too. Um, so I could see them kind of not coming out completely guns blazing like we've seen uh, from them, and I. I could be wrong you know uh, McVeigh's just been a genius all year but um, I think this sets up to be like a, a sort of uh, childproof game for golf I think they're going to lean on Gurley for the most part uh, the the one guy I do see failing is Mariota I think he's just taken some steps back this year he's going to be on the road as opposed to golf being at home I don't think the team around him is nearly as good as what as what golf has in the coaching definitely a lot worse so I think all those factors uh, set in here and again Arrowhead is just a tough place to play in January so I think that this this could be a pretty rough look for, for Mariota this week. All right, we're going to piggyback that, and I'm going to get John's opinion in a second about uh, which road team might actually be able to pull off a, a win this week in the first round of the playoffs. But before we do, we got to realize over 2.5 million players have won cash prizes playing on FanDuel. To take advantage of our special offer for new users, sign up today at FanDuel.com slash RotoWire, and you'll get a free six-month RotoWire subscription plus a free entry into the NFL Sunday Million, which offers more than $1 million in cash prizes. With your first deposit on FanDuel, just visit FanDuel.com slash RotoWire. 
void where prohibited. And look, it's just in time for, you know, you got basketball going DFS wise. You got a lot of the podcasts going on here for that. You've also got DFS uh, baseball just around the corner and yes. season long baseball. So get that RotoWire subscription, man. It is, it is a fantastic uh, site. Got great people working there. Uh, great minds, great minds in <laughs> fantasy. That's what you need. The great minds. Now I want to recap because John and I all season long have had our bonus question of the week and it was tied going into the last week, uh, nine to nine and one tie, you know, cause we were doing some wacky questions sometimes that had multiple layers. Uh, so it all came down to Marshawn Lynch and whether or not Marshawn Lynch was going to get his 10,000 career rushing yards. Uh, John was a pessimist. He said, no. Me being the eternal optimist said yes. And my goodness, three yards. Three yards, John. <laughs> I know I had to just irritate the hell out of you <laughs> when you saw it. So close. So Ugh. close. Just three yards, and Marshawn Lynch gets 10K. So I win the season long, but let's do a little bonus just for fun. I'm the champion, so you know we can put that. We'll we'll play me <laughs> off all that stuff. But for just for fun here, I'll pick first. I'll make it easy for everybody. If there's a road team I think that's going to win this week, I think it's Atlanta. Atlanta's the experienced team. I think a lot of people wrote them off with good cause, you know, about the middle of the season where they just look dreadful. I still think right. they're full of holes. The defense has played better. But I think getting the Rams and their inexperience, if it were another team, like if they were going into New Orleans, I would say, nope, they're done. But going into play the Rams, I'm giving them a puncher's chance. And if there's one road team I could see coming out with a victory, it would be them. How about you? Is there a t- And you could say the same one. doesn't matter. But is there one road team you think could pull out a victory here this week? Um, if it's not the Falcons, I'm going to say the Panthers. I mean, there's the divisional component to this, you know, with the familiarity. Um, and I, I think, you know, this obviously is not Cam's first rodeo. Uh, I, I, you know, I have no doubt that the Saints totally earned uh, this playoff spot and the, the home game here. But the Panthers are tough. Like, I would not want to play them right now. So um, the Panthers would be my, would be my uh, road team. All right, week. and, and uh, that's good advice. And some other good advice, too, is stay away from the teal hamburgers, okay? The, the, the teal hamburger buns are creepy. And I know people saying, well, you know, people dye hamburger buns anyway. They're not really that color with the – you know what? But I'm used to that color. I'm comfortable with that color. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I recognize. So don't give me teal hamburger buns. Again, there's so many other options. I mean, you could do Sundays with, with teal whipped cream for all I care. You could dye whatever the hell you want. Dying bread, just weird. Wrong. Okay? It's so just, wrong. It's not good. All right, so let's just stay away. Hashtag no teal hamburger buns. All right, you can follow him on Twitter at Johnny McKex. You can follow me at JoePizzaPS17. For everybody here at Rotowire, have a great weekend of Daily Fantasy.